Okay, hey guys, thank you. Um, I asked for a request right as we went live to make everything more difficult for everybody. But we are live and we have some people here. Make noise. Oh, good. Thanks. There are actually people here. This isn't like at home when I'm just talking to myself all of the time and pretend that it's to Stevie, uh, which is my dog. Or my cardboard cutouts, which I'm going to keep moving before I get too far in the weeds. Um, we are starting a new series tonight because school is starting soon. Yay! Okay, good. I'm, I'm assuming that online everybody cheered, and I'm just going to go with that. I saw some parents cheer. We'll go with that. Uh, and it's called Life in Pieces because one of the things as school starts, um, your life is going to change again. Now, most of you, everybody here has been in school before, uh, and so it's not like, oh, man, this is so crazy. But, you know, some of you are moving to bigger schools. Some of you are moving to different schools. There are some people going to college, some people going to middle school, to high school, etc. Uh, some of you are becoming seniors and, like, getting ready to have a big life change. But regardless... Over the summer, whether you work or you do sports or whatever, you kind of get used to your life being almost one thing. Like it's a very physical thing or a very mental thing or a very rest thing or a very vacation thing or whatever it is you do. But in truth, our life is made up of many pieces. And we are all made up of many pieces. And I'm not going to do an anatomy course, believe me. But I want to talk about each of those. And so I want to start this week about your mind, about a beautiful mind, uh, no relation. And, and in this... I like that I have in-jokes with myself because that's what I do. But um, in this series, I'm going to talk about each part and just kind of how to, to work on it and how to uh, hopefully improve it and to be ready for life starting, to be ready for each level. And so this week, like I said, with a beautiful mind, I want to talk about the mind. And so I want to start with uh, 1 Kings 3, 16 through 28. Sometime later, two prostitutes, uh, always a good way to start, came to the king to have an argument settled. Please, my lord, one of them began. This woman and I live in the same house. I gave birth to a baby while she was with me in the house. Three days later, the woman also had a baby. We were alone. There were only two of us in the house. But the baby died during the night when she rolled over on it. Then she got up in the night and took my son from beside me while I was asleep. She laid her dead child in my arms and took mine to sleep beside her. And in the morning, when I tried to nurse my son, he was dead. But when I looked more closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't my son at all. Then the other woman interrupted, it certainly was your son, and the living child is mine. No, the first woman said, uh, the living child is mine, and the dead one is yours. And so they argued back and forth before the king. So you may or may not know this. Some of you are like, what in the world is he reading? Is this in the Bible? Has he gone crazy finally? All of these things. Uh, this is one of the first big cases before Solomon. We've talked about Solomon. Over the summer, we did a, a proverb series, and we talked about wisdom and how important it is to gain wisdom and how much wisdom is different than knowledge and, and how important it is for your life to think things through. And so this is going to be a little bit of an extension from that, but also going a little bit beyond. Uh, Solomon, just as a recap, asked for wisdom essentially. Like he had just become king. He was David's son. And God came to him and is like, hey, anything you want is yours. And he showed wisdom, which is good, by asking for wisdom. He could have asked for anything. And God's like, that's good. That's, that's amazing. I'm going to give you all the wisdom. And so that was tested over and over again. He continued to grow that. He continued to write about it. He continued to do everything he could to grow it. Uh, now, before I go on, I, I want to say, and I've said this before each time I talk about him, he messed up his own life. Um, Regardless of how much you know, regardless of how popular you are, regardless of how successful you are, uh, we can all make decisions that kind of mess things up if we're not careful. And Solomon believed his own hype. 
Solomon knew that he was the wisest in the world. And so it started out with things like this. People would come to him from all around, especially in his kingdom, and be like, hey, can you help us? We need your help. You're the king. And, and you know, Jerry Springer's not on yet. And we have to take this situation to this. Uh, and, and we have to really find a ruling. We have to know. We have to, to, to understand, please, you're wise. Uh, people would read what he wrote. They would listen to him. And they'd be like, this is so amazing. This helps me so much. Uh, he's written books in the Bible. Like all of these things. But little by little, the more people that came to him, the more people that did what he said, the more people that complimented him, the more he started to smell himself and the more he started to think, yeah, I am the wisest. Yeah, I am amazing. Yeah, I don't need anybody else. Yeah, I don't need God. And so it came to the end of his life where he has all of this knowledge and all of this wisdom and he just stopped paying attention to it. He started following just his, his desires, his wants, his lusts, his, his needs in the moment, his uh, short-term happiness. He started paying attention to all of that. And so God literally gave him another chance because God is a God of second chances. And he came to him and he said, hey, you've got to get off this path, dude. You have got to change things. You have got to, to, to get right because it's going poorly. And Solomon's like, I do what I want. YOLO, hashtag, I reversed those, hashtag YOLO. Uh, and he's like, this is what I do. I'm wise. I, I know everything. I don't need you. And he pulled away from God and he turned away and he stopped listening to himself or anybody else. And he just started doing what he wanted and he died away from God. Um, but this is all before that. And I'll get back to that later. But this is all before that. So these women come to him. Doesn't matter that they're prostitutes. Doesn't matter who they are. They come to him because they each had a baby. And in the middle of the night, something happened. One of the babies died and they, they maybe switched. They maybe didn't. Everybody who heard this. We have no idea what happened. Now, I know from the rest of the scripture, and if you've read this, you do, but there's no way, there is no camera, uh, there is no GPS tracking, uh, there is no doctor who had a birth certificate and descriptions. Like, this is all on their word. And, and it's very easy to be like, well, that makes sense. Like what this first woman said, it completely makes sense because she would know her own baby. And so she sees that this isn't the baby and the woman must have switched it. And then it also makes sense if you go to when the next woman starts talking, she's like, no, 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 she, her baby died. Now she's trying to take mine. Both of those things make sense. Uh, here is what this involves. This is what brings your involvement into this, because most of the time you're probably not going to have situations like this, I hope. But you are going to face a lot of decisions in your life and you're going to face a lot of times and a lot of tests and a lot of things that you don't know the answer to and a lot of people coming to you and asking you questions or telling you to do something or asking you to do something or pressuring you to do something. You're going to face a lot of times where your knowledge is tested, where your wisdom is tested, where your determination, your temptation, all of that is tested. And in those moments, in those big test moments, in those big essay moments, in those big SAT moments, in those big temptation moments, we all have a fight or flight response usually. Like we, we sometimes are like, okay, I'm going to buckle down and I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to go and I'm going to, to really get involved and I'm going to find people and I'm going to ask people. But sometimes it's a flight response. Sometimes we start to panic. Sometimes we hear so much. Sometimes we fear so much. Sometimes we feel so much stress. Sometimes there's so much else going on. We got sports and we got work and we got relationship stuff and we've got home stuff and we've got life stuff and we've got everything coming at us. And then one more thing comes at us and we're like, I just don't know what to do. I just do not know what to do. And you start to panic instead of thinking. And sometimes it seems like it's something small, like a test question, or sometimes it seems like it's something small, like, like, a situation that you should know the answer to. Sometimes it seems like it's something that, that, that you should know. 
But uh, it, it, what happens is that we get faced with these decisions. And when you panic, you kind of shut down. When you panic, you kind of start to worry. When you panic, you kind of start to think. And, and so in this situation, these two women are coming to Solomon with an almost unsolvable situation. Almost unsolvable situation. Uh, and, and in this situation, Solomon is just faced with this. And so before I go on, I want to say the different things he could have said. I want to say that he could have been like, yeah, go solve it yourself. Because he doesn't want to mess with it. Even though he's the king, he doesn't want to mess with it. Uh, and he could have said, just taken aside. He could have just chosen a box. He could have just made his own decision. He could have just uh, done whatever he wanted. But instead, he listened to them. And again, there's no video evidence. There's nothing else. He just listened to them. And so I want to finish what happens. Uh, then the king said, let's get the facts straight. Both of you claim the living child is yours. And each says that the dead one belongs to the other. All right, bring me a sword. Strange way to start. So a sword was brought to the king. Then he said, cut the living child in two and give half to one woman and half to the other. It's into the scripture. That's what happened. No, obviously that's not what happened. Now, if you're listening to this, like you're in the crowd, or you're one of these women. Before I get to what happened, just if you guys don't know this story and you're like, what? You're not thinking, wow, Solomon's so wise. You're thinking, how did this guy become king? Like, he's insane. He's going to cut a baby in half just because another one died. Like, well, what is going to happen? What is he going to do? But he's stopping and thinking because that's kind of the first thing you do when you're faced with a difficult decision, when you're faced with a difficult time, when you're faced with a test, when you're faced with anything else, you got to stop and you've got to think things through. You've got to think different options. You've got to think about what the different possibilities are. And again, there is no way for him to prove that one of these women is a liar just by saying, hey, here's some questions and here's some things because the baby's right there. Like they can both describe this baby at this point and they can both tell what childbirth is like and they can both say that the other one's not theirs. It's very much a she said, she said. And so he asked for a sword and he asked to cut it in half. And again, everybody's like, like the person bringing him the sword is probably like, uh, uh, are, are you sure you, you said sword and not like a, a, a pancake stir? I don't know what else. I couldn't think of anything else. So we're going to move on from that. Uh, a bassinet that uh, would have been way better. See? Sometimes you panic and you don't think. That was an illustration. But uh, the guy brings him a sword. And so here we go. Uh, then the woman who was the real mother of the living child and who loved him very much cried out, Oh no, my Lord, give her the child. Please do not kill him. But the other woman said, All right, uh, he, he will be neither yours nor mine. Divide him between us, which is pretty harsh and dark. Uh, then the king said, do not kill the child, but give him to the woman who wants him to live, for she is the mother. Where in, where all of Israel, when all of Israel heard the king's decision, the people were in awe of the king, for they saw the wisdom God had given him for rendering justice. So basically, he took this moment that seemed ridiculous. He took this moment that seemed unsolvable, and he allowed them to solve it himself by saying, hey, which one of you cares? And so the one that cared was willing to give it up. Because if you truly love someone or something, you will allow yourself to let it go before you allow it to be destroyed. Um, it, it's hard to imagine, like if you're in, in a relationship or you have a class that you really like at school or you have a car that you really like or you have a video game that you really like or whatever else, something else that maybe is more important than those things. Uh, and someone is like, you know what? 
neither of us gets it. You're going to be like, no, 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 you can have it because you love it so much. Think about that with your family. Think about that with your siblings. Think about that with your friends, with people that you care about. You would want them to go on even if they can't be with you, even if they can't be near you. Now, that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt, but it means that, that there's that connection there. And Solomon knows that because he feels that. And so he sees each of them. And so he's like, you know what? I'm going to test them. Now, some of us might read that and be like, well, what if both of them said, go ahead and do it? Or what if both of them said, no, give the child to the woman? I mean, they didn't. Because when we make a decision, when we think, sometimes we can never control the outcome. And that's something that, that can be tough. It's something that can be hard. It's something that can lead to the panic when you know that you can't control the outcome. Uh, in my life, there have been a lot of people who have come to me for a lot of things. And, and knowing that no one has to listen to me, that's hard. Knowing that people make their own decisions, that's hard. Knowing that anything can happen to anyone at any moment without me even controlling it, that's hard. Uh, I would say the older you get, but I think you guys get this now. Like When you love someone, when you care about someone, and you see them headed towards a mistake, or you know that somebody wants to hurt them, or you know that something bad's going to happen, and you're like, I can't do anything about it, that's hard. And so Solomon was counting on this being the case. And so it worked out. The real woman, the real mother was like, you know what? I don't want my baby to die. This is legitimately my baby, but I want the baby to, to be safe. I want the baby to be cared for. And so she gave him up. And the other one, again, dark, is like, yeah, go ahead. Which, I mean, read the room. That's pretty rough. But still, she did it. Uh, and so that kind of told him. And then he gave the baby and it all worked out and everybody was happy. But as amazing as that story is, the important thing is the fact that Solomon had built wisdom. And he knew that these people didn't have to listen to him, but he also knew that what he thought is what he thought. Uh, you're not going to get every problem right. You're not going to always be right. You're not always going to get straight A's. You're not always going to get every job or every boyfriend or girlfriend. You're not always going to get every car that you want, every dream that you have. I realize that that sounds really sad and you guys are like, what, you're supposed to be like dream big and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But Life sucks sometimes, let's be serious. Uh, everybody here has felt failure. Everybody here has felt like a failure. Everybody here has felt like they've lost something. Everybody here has lost something or someone. I would love to tell you that the more you build your wisdom, the more you build your relationship with Christ, the more you build uh, just yourself up, the less problems you would have in life. I would love to tell you that, that the stronger that relationship with God is, that, that People are going to be like, oh, wow, you know, you're okay. I'm going to stop tempting you. I'm going to stop hurting you. I'm going to stop being mean to you. I can't say that. Because in my life, I've been hurt a lot. In my life, I've been rejected a lot. In my life, I've had a lot of things that have gone wrong. Uh, I have this unique situation where I can remember everything that I've ever done that's embarrassing. And, and I can remember back like to preschool a little bit before. And, and at night, usually about 4 a.m. or so when I'm trying to sleep, I will think of these things randomly. Now, most people would be like, well, just move on from that. What, what's, what's it matter if you kicked over that block tower? What's it matter if you took the wrong sticker? What's it matter if blah, blah, blah? I'm not going to keep going over my embarrassing moments. Sorry if you're taking notes. Uh, but I can't control that first thought. Now, I'm saying that not because of wisdom. I'm saying that not because of anything else. I'm saying that because we all know the times that we messed up. Uh, I don't expect everybody in here to be as competitive as me, but I know some of you are close. Uh, people, even if you're not super competitive, you like to be on the right side. You like to win. You like to be accepted. 
Uh, for me, as I said, I remember those losses far more than I remember those wins. That's not to say that I don't still have the first place wiffle ball medal in my office, which I always will because we won fair and square and it was awesome and that's how life goes. Uh, but it's to say that we remember those losses. You remember the people that hurt you. You remember the times that you fail. You remember the times that people say you fail. You remember those things. And part of wisdom is when you're in this moment of a new decision, when you're in this moment of a new path, when you're in this moment of a new time, when you're in this moment of just taking a test, stopping and doing your best to clear your mind. Now, it's hard and not everybody can clear their mind entirely, but just stopping and being like, okay, now stop. Don't actually say this out loud or people might be like, what are you doing? Uh, but stop and be like, okay, this uh, is a new situation. This is a new day. This is a new time. I can stop and think. And again, Solomon, not a perfect guy at all. But in this situation, he stopped and he came up with a solution. And each of these women went from here and they had new lives. Now, one of them was very upset and one of them was very happy. And I don't know what happened to them from then on. But they came up to different problems and they came up with different problems and they came up to different situations. And so they had to face these different things. Part of building your mind is understanding the experiences that you face are sometimes going to feel like they happen over and over and over again. Over the past 18 months or so, like a lot of us have kind of had the same life every day. Sometimes as an old person, uh, I feel like everything is the same all the time. And now it's August and I'm like, wait a second, it was just February. And, and that is crazy. But the older you get, and this is going to make me sound even older, the older you get, the faster time seems to go. Uh, and, and my point with that is it's very easy to lose hope and it's very easy to doubt yourself and it's very easy to allow others to doubt you and it's very easy to allow others to tear you down and it's very easy to think I cannot do this. Uh, I think that all the time. I absolutely think that all the time and there are people who'd be like, dude, what are you doing? You did a good job on this one thing that I'm not going to talk about. Like, I'm like, yeah, whatever, because it's hard. But with wisdom, we put those things out and we keep trying, we keep fighting, we keep moving forward. And we learn from people like Solomon, who even though he didn't end up well, he did right here. So when you're faced with something, regardless of what it is, whether it's a personal situation, a home situation, a, a school situation, a work situation, a sports situation, whatever it is, first stop and think. Because again, you're going to have that initial response of, I got to get out of here. I can't. I'm going to panic. I don't know what to do. This is, I just, I'm never going to figure it out. Stop yourself. And you have to actively stop yourself. I can promise you, you have to actively stop yourself. Now, some people, the, the, you're, you're able to kind of get that sooner and you're able to build your confidence. And that's awesome if that's you. But for me and for a lot of people, that's not. So you have to actively stop yourself and be like, okay, I can't panic. I, I can do this. And you may not believe when you say, I can do this, but you have to stop and be like, okay, I am here in this moment, and I have to think this through. And the answer to every situation is not cut it in half. It'd be kind of cool if it is, but also kind of bad if it is. But you stop and you think, and then go through the options. Now, in some cases, that's really easy. Like if you're taking a test and it's not timed or, or you're uh, in a job interview, like sometimes you've got time where you can stop, not for hours, like you can't sit in a job interview and just like stare blankly while you think through the options, but sometimes it's easier than others. In the heat of a moment in sports or in, in the heat of a moment in uh, some, like an SAT or something that's timed, uh, in the heat of the moment in a relationship, in a tempting situation, like sometimes it's really hard and it's like, I don't have the time to think this through, what do I do? You got to do what you can.
And you build it before. And so before you go into the situations, you stop and you think, okay, what could happen? Now, I'm not saying that you plan out your entire life. I'm not saying you plan for every bad situation. I'm saying that you think things through and do your best to not get surprised, not get shocked. Sometimes you're still going to get shocked. And so you just have to work through that and build through that and pray through that and try through that. And that's part of building wisdom too. But sometimes you do have a lot of time. Sometimes somebody texts you or somebody posts something or somebody hurts your feelings or somebody does something or somebody takes your spot or somebody whatever else. And your initial response is not panic, but anger. And it's like, I'm going to shut them down. I'm going to do the same thing twice as bad. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get revenge. I'm going to hurt them, blah, blah, blah. You got to stop and think there too. Because wisdom is knowing that you cannot change other people. This does not mean that you let everybody walk all over you. It does not mean that you let everyone get away with everything. It does not mean that nobody should pay consequences. Everybody should pay consequences. But the, un, the harsh truth is that we don't always see those consequences. So what you should do is work on yourself in those situations. Because you're the one that is accountable to you. You're the one that you can control. And, and that doesn't mean that, that you're always going to act properly. It doesn't mean that everything is going to work. Sometimes there are traumas and things that, that affect that. I get that. Believe me, I get that. But in these situations, you stop and you think. And before you send the text, before you say the thing, before you go the place, whatever. You stop and you think. And you're like, okay, how will this affect me? What will this do? And then you do your best. Because working on your mind, working on your wisdom, working on a beautiful mind, working on your life, that doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect. It doesn't mean you're going to be brilliant. It doesn't mean that everything is going to work out. What it means is you are doing your best. If you notice, a lot of the times when I'm talking, that's kind of a theme in what I say. You're doing your best. Because if you are truly doing your best, you're giving your actual effort, and you're doing your best to treat people like you want to be treated, and you're doing your best to think through a situation, and you're doing your best to build wisdom, and you're doing your best to build a relationship with God, and you're doing your best to be an example, that's all you can do. Some people are not going to accept that. Some people are going to still treat you like garbage. Some people are just going to walk away. All of those things could happen. Sometimes you could do everything right, and still somebody else gets the job, or somebody else gets the spot, or somebody else gets the grade, or somebody else gets the boy, or the girl, or whatever else. Sometimes you can't. And I would love to say that, oh, well, you're just going to accept that and move on. You just got to stop and be like, okay, I can't control what they did, but I can control how I learn from this, and how I grow from this, and how I move on from this, and how I deal with this, and how I get help with this, because you're not alone. And that's a spoiler for a couple weeks from now. You're not alone. You have people that are going through these things. You have people that care about you. You have people that will help you. And wisdom comes in understanding that too. Wisdom comes in asking for help. Wisdom comes in accepting for help. Wisdom comes in, in doing your best and allowing others to do their best with you. Because as much as I would like it otherwise sometimes, we're not alone in this life. And we have to deal with people, but we also have people that have to deal with us. And we have to support people, which is good. And we also have people that we have to allow to support us. We build things together. We do things together. We grow together. And for ourselves, we just do our best. We stop and we think. We go through our options. If you're trying to remember stuff for a test, I'm not going to give you a tip for studying, although do study. Write things down. Figure out how to memorize it. All these different things. Ask for help. I will tell you this. Two things that show great wisdom that we see as weakness in this world are asking for help and apologizing when you mess up. But those show great wisdom because they show that you don't know everything and that you know it, and they show that you're not perfect and you know it. 
Now, that's hard for some people to admit. It's hard for us all to, to kind of deal with sometimes. I know that for me, it's not that I like to do things for myself, but it's that I, I don't like to put people out, I guess is what I'd say, for asking for help. Because it just feels like, yeah, they don't want to do this, and now they're going to feel obligated. I get that. But I can also tell you from the flip side, people want to help. They do. Give them that opportunity. And so grow in wisdom. Learn from Solomon in the good times. Learn from this situation. Again, don't go cut everything in half. But learn from this situation and how he thought through what would happen. You're not going to be able to predict people's reactions and everything, but you can kind of think about it. So instead of panic, instead of fighting, instead of hurting others, instead of hurting yourself, stop and think and be like, okay, how can I grow here? How can I help others here? And that is how we grow wisdom. And that is the first step in this whole life in pieces thing. We're going to talk about the physical, about the spiritual, about the emotional, about all these different things. But through it all, again, do your best. Because you're worth that. I don't care what other people say. I don't care how, what you say to yourself. You are worth that. So keep doing your best and keep understanding that you are worth the help that you ask for. And you are worth the wisdom that you grow. And you are worth being here and doing your best. And that's all I got.